And now, time to get in the huddle with your host, Charles Prodger Ritchie, here on the Mass Steel Podcast. Hey, you blink, I'll cut your eyelids off. Don't you blink. Let's go. You get where you feel like you can rush the quarterback. You understand? Rush the quarterback. Do you have room in the trophy for another one there? You got six of them. Now you're the winningest franchise in NFL history. We'll make room. And welcome once again, everybody, to another edition here of the Mass Steel Podcast. Me, Charles Project Richie. As you can usually catch me every Mondays and Wednesdays, usually at 6.30 p.m. Central Standard Time. We're once again uh, coming as we get ready to count down uh, to uh, training camp. Possibly the start of the regular season, uh, pairing everything goes well with no other uh, players uh, getting affected by COVID-19. Plus, but that doesn't mean that there's still a lot more talks around, too, regarding the National Anthem protest this year as far as taking a knee or wanting to stand during it as uh, we continue to go through these tough racial suppression times. Uh, you'll find out a lot more as uh, Mike Thomas continues to open up with Ed Bouchette of The Athletic. Plus, we also got some former uh, Steeler news. More in particular, wide receiver Antonio Brown uh, could probably be uh, proved to be indicative later on at some point in the time. You may want to pay attention to where he ends up landing. Very quite possible he could be in a Ravens uniform. And if he does, where would you rank this as probably like the worst uh, Raven acquisition of a former Steeler. I mean, recent memory, I'd probably have to say Mike Wallace back in 2016. I mean, don't get me wrong, it was still a few million years removed. I mean, four years when he was no longer a Steeler, but that Ravens team had a real good uh, team that year. Almost upset the Steelers for the AFC North, which they eventually lost on that Christmas miracle, as everyone may remember so I tell you what that's something to pay attention to nothing to overlook if you ask me it's still something right now the Seahawks are being looked at as the other team and uh, just we'll get into that a little bit later but again if you want to get in on today's show the number to be reached for today it is 312-209-2232 again that is 312-209-2232 you can also follow me on Twitter and social media and Instagram, that is, at ProjeRitchie, at OnDexCSR. For the Mass Steel Podcast, it is at ProjeRitchie. I mean, uh, excuse me, Mass Steel Podcast on Twitter is at Mass Steel CJR. On Instagram, it is at Men of Steel Nation. And there you have it. Those are all my uh, plugs right there. And if you guys uh, miss any of the live shows, you can also check out my content on Mixcloud and Anchor, which is also puts me on platforms like uh, Spotify, Bullhorn, and a lot more. You can catch me both on Charles Prodigy Richie and Crunch Time with Charles Prodigy Richie. And plus, right now, um, I'm not going live on YouTube for the foreseeable future for a while. I am going to just uh, pre-record my stuff on there. 
and uh, have more video uploads, especially on my other uh, Facebook pages. I also got a group page on there too. If you guys want to check it out, that is Meta Steel Icons. And I hope everyone is having a, a great week so far. Uh, continue to stay safe as uh, we uh, get a little bit more uh, in it at this point. Uh, right now, as uh, before we get a little bit started too, we just uh, heard also on NFL Network as well. It was a third annual uh, quarterback and coaches summit, basically uh, trying to help like a lot of, like uh, spe especially single colors, uh, blacks. Uh, quarterbacks or athletes basically trying to help them uh, better their career beyond the game of football a lot of mentoring right there as you know Doug Williams he is a member of the I think the black uh, quarterback hall of fame right there he's one of the following uh, figures of this uh, group and last year just to give you like an example they had about uh, two teams with two signal callers uh, representative this year it took a tremendous spike and it went up by about 20 this year, so you had 22 total teams, along with some uh, college uh, athletes and some teams right there, uh, just checking out. And I think this is a very wonderful thing to be calling out when you're trying to look and trying to get things uh, corrected in a peaceful manner and trying like uh, make some significant change, as everyone could do a lot better part when we are trying to spot out racism. Or any kind of like uh, injustice going on. I think these are definitely important steps around the league. You hear how Mike Tomlin is definitely one of the guys right there, where he has supports like basically, and his players are uh, taking a knee. And when he was talking to Ebusha of the Athletic, uh, basically, and he was saying our position is simple: we are going to support our players and their willingness to partake in this, whether it's statements or actions. Uh, he goes on to say, as uh, he told playing reporters on a Zoom call conference on Tuesday, statements are good, but impact is better, particularly long-term impact. So those who have a desire to participate in a positive way, they're going to be supported by us, end quote. And uh, there you have it. Obviously, uh, right now, the Steelers are definitely one of the many teams that you could see uh, I don't know if anyone got a chance to see one of the latest uh, videos on YouTube that was uploaded uh, by uh, Steelers.com. You saw how they're uh, conducting their uh, virtual uh, practices right there, uh, how they're keeping in touch. Had like an army of like uh, Steelers players on there. And uh, definitely uh, trying to do everything they can. I mean, just as a reminder too, NFLPA, along with the NFL, more particularly the NFLPA, did send out a memo to urge players on the side of caution with limiting any uh, personal private workouts with other players or teammates off to the side to try and maintain proper social distancing techniques. Uh, I guess there was one right there too with uh, Tom Brady with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. This seemed to get a little bit of attention. He's practicing with teammates. But I think a guy like Stephen A. Smith too makes a very fair point on first take uh, with that. When you look at it too, it's like, yeah, I mean, you should probably definitely ease on the side of caution, not interacting with other people, as we are definitely going to be more than likely expecting our wave of this coronavirus. But thing is too, I mean, there are ways you could still practice with teammates and still trying to maintain social distancing. He goes on this note, for example, when you have a quarterback and receiver. I mean, if you think about it, I mean, quarterback and receiver, you definitely have to have play a distance for. 
they don't have to necessarily be like all right next to each other. I mean, they're definitely practicing routes. And I think Brady is doing the smart thing. Obviously, it kind of gained a little bit of traction. But I feel like at the end of the day, too, you're only dealing with uh, so much as being uh, the limitations you could pull one of their league modifications. And without trying to look like it's coming off like, well, you're uh, not following policy. Many players are going to be getting sick. And the thing is, too, on top of that, we just have no idea what it's going to look like without fans this year. I mean, basically, I mean, it's definitely hitting a lot of testy waters, to say the least. I mean, with this. I mean, uh, by the way, too, and uh, I, I just want to just say uh, right now, I mean, when we uh, look at it, and uh, one of the guys who I used to uh, rip for for Behind the Steel Curtain, Jeff Cartman, I just want to say congratulations. I just noticed you recently being a member of DK Pittsburgh Sports. Uh, just want to wish you uh, well, brother. Uh, it was definitely a pleasure starting off with you. I hope everything is going well with you. Hopefully we could do a show together. But uh, definitely he wanted to go into a little bit of detail how the NFL is going to be looking at uh, without uh, fans, how the new normal is going to more than likely have to be, and so forth. I mean, the biggest news of the day today, I mean, you got the return of baseball coming up, I think, with like about 60-plus games, which will include an additional 20. And here we go. Right now, uh, back to Jeff Hartman's article on DK Pittsburgh Sports. And by the way, uh, Jeff Hartman, you can follow him on social media, on Twitter, his uh, Twitter handle. Uh, we're pulling it up here in just a second. At BNG uh, Blitz, from what I know. But uh, anyway, he, he was just saying, NFL finding ways to limit revenue loss without fans. And... As he points out, under Goodell, the league has become a multi-billion dollar industry, no doubt, as a pioneer in making revenue among all professional sports leagues. With that said, it should come as a shock to no one. The league is already putting plans in place to limit the revenue loss they will endure if they decide fans can't attend games this season due to the coronavirus pandemic. And right now, NFL teams have been told they'll be able to sell camera-visible signage to local sponsors for the first time during the 20 season, which uh, sources say it's a step one sales executive said was significantly defray pandemic-related revenue losses. And obviously, I mean, you're definitely going to be having some bad optics from this, uh, for this right here. I mean, obviously, you're not going to be seeing players, like, engage like it with the fans when you get, like, a touchdown celebration, kind of like what you see with the Lambo Leap. Definitely a big one right there. And how you're going to see stuff like that. I think these are all going to be, like, a significant ways you have to be focusing about next year's salary cap. And one of the teams that can be affected by it, I said before, I will say it again, is the Pittsburgh Steelers at the end of the day. This is a team right now who's got a lot riding to do something right now. And you just don't know where the ceiling is going to rise on this. But you got to believe right now, 
I mean, when you got a guy like Kevin Colbert not necessarily committing on any long-term uh, commitment to the Steelers, still going year-to-year with them. You got a lot going on with him right now. Uh, Mike Tomlin, after this season, he'll be uh, going into unrestricted free agency, even though he is s- signed more than likely for the 2021 season. And I just, I just feel right now with with all this is that I mean obviously no fans, but I mean how much is it going to be like in the way too? I I can see some of the players who will be taking knees benefiting from this. I think the, the good thing versus like three years ago, last year when they decide to uh, stand in the tunnel while Alan Hedgeville Villanueva was the main guy being seen in front of everybody staying out there. I mean, you already know his special ties and connections being in the Army. But I think the instant peer pressure of being in person with fans breathing down your back and booing you in that stadium, I think helps a big deal. Obviously, there's going to be people upset knowing what they gave into this country. Don't get me wrong. But I, I, I do feel at the end of the day, I mean, if you could avoid having that live impact around there, I think you definitely uh, got some stuff in your favor right there where you're not going to have to worry about being like uh, having your nose rubbed in the rug, so to speak. And I, I just feel these are stuff right now that has been uh, brewing for a long time. You have a little bit more lesser distraction. I mean, obviously you're gonna be in the headlines, but I, I just feel like it helps not having the, those live presence of fans for that area, especially when you're fighting like social justice, racism, and all that stuff, and trying to be examples at the same time while you're still trying to focus on winning. I think those are things highly highlighted that we need to think about and caution right now, but I do feel like the Steelers, at, along with the league, are in lockstep I mean, they have a full support from the commissioner, everybody. I mean, obviously, Donald Trump, he's going to be wanting to echo in. I mean, he's going to still be disproving at the end of the day. But this is where we are right now. And we're going to have to find a way to, like, see the new norm, as Jeff Hartman would say in this article. He goes on a little bit further, too, with it. With the billions slated to be lost without fans, seems a 2021 salary cap to plummet as well. I mean, the Steelers, who was not looking for, who tend to spend up to the cap every year, but the league has already been in talks of supporting the cap at its current number, even if it means borrowing for future money to do so. And that's what we got to look at right there. So... Let's not be totally harsh on this. I mean, obviously, it's still a wait and see. But, I mean, we just don't know, I mean, other ways we get creative with this. I can definitely tell you one thing, in my opinion, because I'm definitely looking into this myself. I don't know about anyone over here, but for this season, how many people are going to, like, if you can't go to bars, I mean, do health concerns, how many people will look into signing up for NFL Sunday Ticket, that TV, where you can watch live Sunday out-market games, or sign up for NFL Instant Replay? Because I got to tell you, I'm definitely thinking about that for this season. 
I usually go on my one spot if you guys are ever in Chicago and things do seem to sell out that things are okay to be interacting. Check out Durkin's Tavern right there. Durkin's Tavern is one of the best Steelers bars in Chicago, hands down, uh, over here. Definitely take care of always good Sunday Gary's. Obviously, that's going to be a little bit of a concern this year. But, I mean, I, I really feel like right now, there's going to be a lot more TV packages, I believe, being sold. I definitely believe a lot more people are going to probably be, end up watching from home in their own comfort. And I respect that a lot. I mean, where we're a mask or not, it, it still takes one or a group of people to not be properly taking care of themselves and exposing others. And we'll see how long this goes, including with this second round wave of this virus. I mean, it's definitely an unforgettable year as it is start. I mean, with the people we lost along the way. I mean, just, just many uh, legends that just get into for this year. When you think of guys like uh, Sam White, Don Shula, Kobe Bryant, those guys right there, and I, it, it's definitely been like a lot of heart failure right there. I mean, just to see where we're at and what's doing to people, especially economically. And I don't know. I mean, it, it's it's a, a lot of unknown, but I will say this: like I said, I definitely do believe this pandemic. If anything, I do believe we're growing stronger from this. I definitely do believe people are finding ways to adapt. Zoom has been one of the most friendliest uh, platforms as of right now. I mean, for people to socially interact along with your FaceTime apps. And I just, I just think those are things that it is so, it is so important to have at these moments right now. And there we go. So let's go ahead and give some uh, Steelers uh, notable uh, roster uh, tweaks by Mike Tomlin. As everyone is wondering about uh, the retirement of Ramon Foster, well, Matt Filer, who actually played right tackle last year, according to Mike Tomlin, he's going to be having the first uh, crack of snaps. No pun intended, by the way. <laughs> Sorry about that. Uh, who actually started right tackle, who beginning the first opportunity to take snaps at left guard. Also, too, Mike Tomlin also suggested that Zach Banner and Chooks Okorafor will compete at right tackle with Matt Filer moving to left guard. And I'd be really interested to see about Matt Filer uh, doing in that role. I mean, just uh, playing that role in their playing guard position. I mean, in his career here, Trying to do some research on this at uh, Matt Filer, who's uh, coming into this right now, and see what he's able to do for the time with this team. Because uh, I'm gonna tell you, Ram Ramon Foster is definitely gonna be a guy that's gonna be missed. I mean, he's played right guard in 2017. I mean, at that year. I mean, that's the last time I played a guard position anywhere. I mean, this guy who, uh, right here, who uh, came out of college in uh, Bloomsburg, uh, came undrafted, 
to the Steelers. And I'd just be real interested to see what he could do, what he could muster up. I mean, you got Sean Surratt, who's definitely got a lot of work, a lot of fixing to do this year with this uh, Steelers team as far as, like, uh, how they're going to be able to bring back the attitude of this line. I mean, they definitely, right now, when you look at everything, too, aside from just uh, protecting the quarterback, I mean, let's look at some of the biggest uh, stuff. I mean, the biggest difference on this O-line here, because I'm actually getting ready to have some guests on my coming up, hopefully this week and the next day or two. Uh, But in the works, uh, make sure to tune in. We're going to do a special podcast with me and Dean Davis here. But as far as like with the Steelers right now, their offensive uh, stats within the last two years, when we look at it, I mean, the sacks right now, I mean, it went up. They gave up eight more additional sacks last season. They had 24 in 2018 and 32 this year. And also, too, I mean, when you also look at it, as far as like where it translates to the rushing game, I mean, the rushing game more particularly, too. I mean, it was 31st in 2018, but it, that improved only by two more spots in 2019. I mean, that, that is the effect right there of what the Steelers team is facing right now. Versus when you had a guy like Le'Veon Bell back in 2017. I mean, the rushing, when, when you look at it, like, as far as, like, significance and doing a lot more better. In 2017, the rushing yards was ranked 20th. So, I mean, with Le'Veon Bell's absence, I mean, I mean, him going on to our team, not being able to come to a long-term deal with the Steelers, I refuse to sign his most recent tag back, back two years ago about this time coming up. You saw how much of an effect it's had. I mean, James Carr was doing pretty good for the first half of that season nearly. Problem is, I mean, he's just proving right now he's just not being the durable back that everyone thinks he's going to be. As far as physicality-wise. This guy's definitely overcome a lot right now. And when you think about it, too, I mean, he's definitely, uh, for uh, right now, uh, there's a book coming out by uh, James Conner that says, uh, Fear is a choice, tackling life's challenges with dignity, faith, and determination. Obviously, he's got the great spirit, perseverance, what means to be a stealer. But the biggest question is, I mean, would this be a contract year? He's going to do everything he can to increase his value. And for a guy like James Conner, I, I don't know if he's going to be anywhere worth maybe a fourth-round pick. I doubt if he'll be a third-round pick. But, I mean, it's going to really depend how he is going to be able to pick up this year. The biggest question with James Conner, who uh, took a majority of those bulk snaps, when we uh, look at it, too, and everything. I mean, in 2018, he took 64% of the snaps at offense 
uh, for that team. I mean, which is very uh, significant right there. Because when you look at everyone else on that team, as far as like the snap percentages and stuff, and you know, it just really goes to show you how much they really count on that first year, how much uh, teams were going to really like go rally around this guy with that old line. He just saw right there, too. I mean, and not only that, too, this first year, don't forget. I mean, yeah, you had a lot more touchdowns with Antonio Brown. I mean, Juju Smith-Schuster on top of that. But for the most part, right now, the biggest question, too, for the Steelers going to be going in this year, can they be able to get back and uh, decent standing in the red zone? I mean, that's, that's another thing I think you have to look at right now with this team. Can you be able to put some points on attack? Because when you did have like a trio of the Killer Bees, I, you saw right there what they're able to do. Obviously, I mean, like uh, 2018, I mean, 17, that wasn't enough. I mean, they, they were starting off horribly under Todd Haley, but Todd Haley, I mean, was still a guy at the end of the day, too who's keeping a fluent, consistent offense. But he did need to go. I mean, I mean, they barely scored over like 50% of their uh, red zone conversions. And I just I just think, I mean, that's going to be another big thing attached for Randy Fickner. It's going to try and find a way to get this thing back, scored back in the red zone. How much will Ben Rosberger take off that pressure off a guy like James Conner where he's going to be able to wing it and throw it? And more importantly, doing it pain-free. Going from first to worst in one year's time. And back in 2017, Pittsburgh Steelers were able to jump out. I remember, I think like about, about 14 spots like towards the second half of that year where they scored over 53 points. 0.3%, including the playoffs. That, 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 that's going to be one of my biggest questions. Uh, say you, Steeler Nation, what do you think is going to be the biggest thing you'll be definitely concerned when we go into year number three with Randy Fickner at the home and, how, and Sean Surratt, his second year, I mean, without a guy at the same time, too, and Mike Munchak, and Mike Munchak, who actually uh, went on to go with the Denver Broncos, as he's uh, currently the offensive line coach with them. Yeah, the number is 312-209-2232. Again, that is 312-209-2232. You can follow me on my social media, on Twitter and Instagram, at Project Richie, at Ondex CSR. For the Mass Steel Podcast, it is at Mass Steel CJR on Twitter, at Mass Steel Nation on Instagram. And uh, here, here we go. Also, too, some other uh, noble moves coming up, too. Now, with Javon Hargrave, who's actually uh, went over to the Philadelphia Eagles right now. I mean, that's another thing right there. Who's going to be filling that nose tackle on that 3-4 defense? Uh, Mike Tomlin said that Tyson Alualu 
will be first to open at nose tackle since Javon Hargrave is with the Eagles since he left there via free agency. Uh, aside from that, too, two players, as everyone recall, in the last day or two have tested positive for the coronavirus, but are doing okay uh, for the time being, which is good news. Hopefully, that's not going to be a consistent trend because that, that's one thing that I think everyone's going to be holding their breath on, especially this year, how things are going to be. And I just feel it's definitely a lot of uncharted territory. But I'm, I'm going to be really excited for uh, Tyson Lualu right here. I mean, that, that's another guy right here when we look at this guy who is coming in. I thought he's a decent acquisition for the Steelers. And who's uh, did a uh, pretty solid. Who actually um, was starting last year. I mean, at this point in time, when we looked at it, on the defense, he is moving from, let's see, Tyson Alulu. He's moving from defensive end to nose tackle. I'd be wondering and curious to see if they'll probably be able to move back uh, Cam Hayward in that position or Daniel McCullers in there. But as far as everyone else going there, too, let's look at Tyson Alulu. Look at his overall production with the Steelers last three seasons. I mean, I, I think the sacks just need to go up a little bit more. He's only had four. He's only had five sacks in his three-year presence. He's with the Steelers, with four being his career high back in 2017. I, I just feel like right now, Steelers. They, he, I think he's right now. They're probably looking at him more as a run stopper than a uh, sack guy. I mean, think about it. I mean, I, I think that's where he's more known for. I don't think he's the guy who's going to, like, definitely be the guy standing out as far as, like, what you do right here. Tyson Lualu right now, I want to say he's one of the guys who's already in the final year of his contract. Remember, you have, like, eight starters on defense going into unrestricted free agency in the following year. 18 players total all together here and Tyson Lualu this will be his final year before he hits unrestricted free agency in 2021 next March uh, the good thing is the cap hit ain't going to be at that bad it's going to be at 3.625 million dollars with that cap of 875,000 he's going to be made, he's going to be making over 2.750 million dollars for this season so this is another guy right here who's got a lot to prove. Who's actually at the age of 33. I'm wondering if this is going to be a guy right now where the Steelers may take a little harder at a close look in the mirror and say, you know what, maybe they could do better without him. Maybe that's something they'll take the risk. They'll find a draft. Or do you find a way to be creative with this guy? See how he does a nose tackle. Because obviously that's going to be a, definitely a contributing part right there. I mean, because remember, when Javon Hargrave, I think, uh, took that position in there, too. I mean, don't forget. I mean, you also had uh, Brett Kiesel, who was in that briefly. But I, I just feel right now what you got to look at is uh, how you're going to be able to do things with the Steelers squad and how you're going to be able to uh, keep things at it. 
because uh, right now it is uh, definitely a team who's got a lot of like uh, things staring them in the face, no doubt, and see how they're able to do going forward. And I just I just feel right now when we look at all what they did and everything here, they've definitely got. A uh, lot to definitely uh, pay attention to as we uh, pay attention to it and I just feel like right now this is the time where they need to start striking because Stefan to he he was a guy who actually filled in for Brett Kiesel that year I'm just really curious about like the game planning and how they're gonna be able to Tersum has right there because I'm gonna tell you right now, Javon Hargrave. I think that's one guy who's gonna be missed on this team. I think Javon Hargrave did a, a spectacular job at nose tackle. But I mean, obviously, I think one of the biggest things too. I think they have one of the hits from Antonio Brown's salary. They had that dead cap, and I think it definitely put him in some binds. But at the same time, too, I'm really gonna be interested to see how a guy like Mika Fitzpatrick do. Is going to be doing in year number two. That's another guy we got to look at right now, uh, who's going to definitely be trying to work his way for some uh, contract. How much of a future do we have? I mean, do they have with Mika? So those are those things with the Steelers. Also, too, Tom Pelissero of FL Network, he reported the Steelers have not signed any of their 2020 draft picks. And there's been a lot of teams, including 29 of 32 first-rounders this year, uh, according to the NFLPA uh, memo, that some clubs tell agents that they're waiting to conduct physicals at clubs' facilities, which remains barred because of COVID-19. So that's a big standoff right there, obviously, uh, in case everyone's wondering. That's one of the most obvious things I would have to say. But, yeah, I mean... Uh, that's another thing right there, too. Because when you look at the overall Steelers draft picks, I mean, it'd be real interesting to see how Chase Claypool, is he going to do enough to, to, like, really, like, step in there with that wide receiving unit? I mean, Deontay Johnson, I mean, is he, is he going to put any pressure on Deontay Johnson to uh, fight for number two, number three spot? I mean, obviously, he's going to be a rookie going into this year. But, I mean, how much more flexibility he have right now where you may want to keep Deontay Johnson continuing on special teams, or maybe Chase Claypool for that matter, then working way into the lineup. I mean, that's one guy who I'm definitely be excited for is Claypool. I mean, his his mammoth size right there, I believe, is at six four, going into this season. And that's that's one thing that always seems to be intriguing when Ben Rosberg having some big targets. But at the end of the day, like I said before. You've had big targets before in the past with Plaxico Burroughs, Martavis Bryant, and they didn't win a Super Bowl with either of those guys. Don't get me wrong. I like the acquisition, but I, I don't think it's necessarily anything to prove that you need it to put you over the top. And I, I just think that's where it is, where you realize and you put two and two together and see where it goes in that. I'd be really interested in that regard. So let's get ready to dive into fair or foul. Fair or foul topic number one. As uh, John Clayton right now of, let's see, 
as we uh, take a look at it. 0710 ESPN Seattle. He told 937 the fan that the Ravens are monitoring the Antonio Brown situation, but nothing will happen until July at the earliest. Michael Silver of NFL Network also notes that teams are waiting are sniffing around, Silver said. They to also keep an eye on the Seahawks. Seattle Antonio Brown has been doing some offseason workouts with their backup quarterback, Geno Smith. They definitely are interested in and having them potentially as a late season addition, assuming there is a suspension. And with uh, Brown's cousin, Marquise, uh, with the Ravens, they have sniffed around in the past. They're mulling that over too. So internal discussions, both those organizations, keep an eye on Seattle and Baltimore. I think the biggest question right now, uh, fair or foul, do you see Antonio Brown possibly ending up with the Ravens? I'd probably say fair. Listen, don't get me wrong. I mean, is it a high-risk factor with a guy like this right now who's been in the headlines for some questionable decisions, outlandish stuff? But, I mean, at the same time, too, I think a guy like John Harbaugh and Antonio Brown, you look, you watch these Steelers-Ravens games, and I think, believe you me, don't think for one second they're not going to want to do anything they can to stick it to the Steelers and put pressure on them in games when it comes to crunch time situations. I could definitely see John Harbaugh, I see him just as much as a player coach as Mike Tomlin. I mean, currently coaching in this league. Definitely reminds me of some traits like Bill Cowher. I mean, where he's not afraid to reshuffle the deck and just like uh, have a good click with his players. He goes bat with this team. I just, I just feel that Antonio, he'd be a good fit with the Ravens. I mean, the only thing is, like, you know, how much are they going to implore him in the game plan? I mean, with them. Because another thing you also got to realize with the Ravens, too, as it looks uh, towards this for right now. I mean, uh, you look at the Ravens' uh, wide receiver trio and everything. And as far as, like, the Baltimore, they're leading on the top trio of Marquise Brown, Miles Boykin, and Willie Sneed. I mean, Perry Antonio Brown with his cousin Marquise could already make an out a dynamic offense. So, not only that, fair or foul, but if Antonio Brown ends up with the Ravens, or a matter of fact, the Seahawks, more particularly the Ravens or the Seahawks, Erie Wallace teams will become instant Super Bowl contenders. Fair. That would be one deadly offense right there. And don't get me wrong, you still got a guy with the Kansas City Chiefs, Andy Reid, and Patrick Mahomes. Obviously, a lot of people are paying attention on the new AFC rivalry in there. But, I mean, to add what you can to this right here, I'll tell you right now, they be a team, the Ravens in particular, who definitely win a, a third Super Bowl possibly in their franchise history. I'd be really interested because to see how this Steelers defense would defend against them. I mean, don't get me wrong, it's definitely very different in two different scenarios where you had them beat the first time until a bogus uh, call was called out of Denny for roughing the quarterback, I believe it was. But then the last time he did play him, 
you have more winded Steelers defensive team who ran out of gas, went on a three-game losing streak to the Bills, the Jets, and the Ravens. I mean, obviously that was a rainy day. It was uh, it was a, of a game to forget. Definitely got thumped out of there big time. But I, I definitely feel that's going to really like entice things a lot. See what kind of matchups they'd be willing to entertain, intrigue, and, and so forth. So, I mean, those are like uh, my two cents on there as far as we uh, look at it. So uh, keep an eye on the Ravens and the Seahawks. We'll see how this continues to go. And uh, that'd be about it. So right now, I also left a poll on Twitter right there. I would like, I would encourage for you, the guys, uh, take a vote right now. Uh, let me know right now what you feel about the Antonio Brown situation. As a Steeler fan, where do you feel fear he'll end up ending up with? Do you definitely feel like it'll be the Ravens? I got two votes so far in right now saying the Seahawks are going to, he's going to be landing with the Seahawks. But again, I mean, that's a lot of Steelers fans too. I like to encourage more people around here. Feel free to hit it up. Go on the poll. You can search at CGR. I can be followed on Twitter at, along with at Proj Richie at CSR and from the Man of Steel podcast on Instagram at Man of Steel Nation. So, again, uh, real quickly, and feel free to shoot me your thoughts real quick. I'd like to hear from you. From the last show, I did mention two. Uh, if you had to bring back uh, one guy, one steer player in the prime, in their prime on offense, as well as defense and special teams, who will be your players? Just to recap mine, I said Jack Ham on defense, Rob Woods on special teams, and I'll bring back Antonio Brown at receiver. I like Le'Veon Bell, but Antonio Brown was that deadly at receiver when he was with the Steelers and where he started everything off. I just don't see how he could like uh, pass that up. So, again, you can catch me every Mondays and Wednesdays at 6.30 p.m. Central Standard Time. As always, leave you. Don't be trolling. Be rolling. Here we go, Steelers. Here we go. I gone.